Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Gwen at That's My Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week we let you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm Glenn at Bedstuy Brat, and I'm Shadi at Black Girls Texting. And today I'm so excited. We have a very special guest. Brooke Devard is with us. Um, in case you don't know, Brooke is the host of the Naked Beauty podcast. Um, there she has unfiltered talk about beauty trends, self-care journeys, skincare, wellness tips, um, products that we love and products that we use, all with women that she admires. She's also a product manager, marketing manager um, at one of my favorite websites, um, IG. She's been featured in The Cut, Vogue, New York Times, Into the Gloss, and many more. Brooke is also a mentor of sorts. I was kind of introduced to Brooke through a friend who will be joining her company. And um, you've already given me advice about podcasting and career. So I'm really glad that you're on and I'm excited to have you. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to be on. I love you guys show and everything you're doing. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah, that definitely means a bunch because we love your podcast. Yeah. Um, so we're so happy that you're here. Yeah. Um, so there's so few black women doing podcasts independently. So I just love mm. to see it. Yeah. Um, we have this game that we play with every guest called Red or Reply. And so basically when a black girl gets a text, you know, she might hate it and therefore leave it on red or she might love it and therefore reply. So if it's something that you like, you reply, and something that you're not here for, you leave on red. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got it. Okay. So the first one is the term, black don't crack. You replying or leaving on red? I'm replying. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Facts are facts. (laughs) I've seen it. (laughs) I know it. However, you do have to do some, okay, yeah, I will, I will reply with the caveat that, like, yes, I've seen it in my family, but, like, every woman in my family has had, like, some beauty regimen that they've been doing forever. Like, I think my, my, my great-grandmother used to wash her face with, like, dial soap or, like, something random or, like, Dove, but her skin was flawless till she died at 101. So, yeah, I'm replying. Brooke, are you replying or leaving it on red? So I would reply, but with a caveat as well. Black don't crack, but I definitely think black people need to wear sunscreen. I feel like there's a lot of like myths out here about like not having to wear sunscreen. Sunscreen is like the number one thing that prevents aging skin. I talk to my dermatologist about it all the time. Like sun protection is so key. So I think, yes, black don't crack, but that doesn't mean you can take advantage of it and not do proper skincare. Yeah, I agree. Black don't crack, but we can get sunburnt. Black can crack that way. And I didn't know that. Um, I went to Brazil and I literally based my whole body in coconut oil because that's what my mom has always done. And she she doesn't look wrinkly at all, but I don't know. It did not work for my skin. And I literally was burnt and peeling. It was it was horrible and painful. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm guilty of not wearing sunscreen. I definitely should weigh more often, but I'm sadly at times more concerned with getting a tan, but I'm trying to be better about it. But yeah, I definitely think that everyone should definitely like have a skincare routine, make sure you're taking care of your skin because like some people get lucky with genetics and like some don't. So you don't want to be out here like older and then confused as to why it is cracking. Yeah. And speaking of black don't crack, are we leaving injectables on red or reply? Ooh, reply. I love it. But like, don't take it overboard. <laughs> but I've had some, some, I've had some good time, some good experiences with injectables. Which injectables have you tried? Um, I had <laughs> lip filler and chin filler. So really? Like, That's rare to hear black, black women getting lip filler. That's like a rare, I don't I hear know. about that often. But I you loved it? Glenn I, and I are obsessed with filler. We are. <laughs> it's kind but of bad. You, may, you bring up a great point because when we were researching like where to go, it was so hard to find testimonials from other black women who had it done. So um, I think that's why at least I'm like super open about my experience because I know other people that want to do it, but that feel like they can't or they can't look to someone to, yeah, to, to talk about their experiences. I mostly felt like I had a really gummy smile. So I got, also got Botox like up above my lip and then I got some lip filler too. And I remember sitting in the chair and telling the woman like, my lips are amazing. I actually don't really want this. It's just for my smile. And she was like, it'll be super subtle. I got you. And it was beautiful. I loved wow. it. Yeah, I think that, you know, whenever you're looking for any type of beauty trend on like YouTube or the internet, you have to be like, blah, 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 black person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> black girl. Yeah, so we were like, lip filler, black girl. And it was really, really hard to find. So I just started kind of like stalking lips that I liked. Like I wanted a fuller top lip. So I only got lip filler, um, but I really love it. And it's, definitely something that I would like do again of course it like goes away but I don't know it's kind of like a it's weird it's like it's like fun but I wouldn't keep doing it constantly just because who knows what the side effects long term are but I think for now I would I would definitely go again Brooke leaving it on red or replying reply i'm so open to people doing whatever they feel they want you to, to feel like their most beautiful selves um i've done restylane injections under my eye to kind of help fill that hollow um and there's an amazing woman her name is dr shaniv Jenaton. she's based in brooklyn her practice is called brooklyn face and eye black woman so good i mean yes. she like she like specializes in um really subtle like facial enhancements um oh i love that yeah she's an ophthalmologist so she like specifically studies like eyes and faces she's like so knowledgeable i've had her on the podcast as well but um i think you have to find the right person like this is not a time to like price hunt not a time to like go on groupon and see who's offering a good deal oh no no no. you know (laughs) like it's just like it's like these i feel like as black girls there are things that we like know we spend a lot on like usually our hair is one of them but i think when you're getting anything like a filler and injectable just like do so much research and don't let a high price dissuade you because I think it's one of those things where you get what you pay for 100% absolutely and oh my gosh I really want to check out that doctor when I get back to New York because I want more (laughs) yes no Brooklyn face and I it's so good (laughs) oh that's awesome I signed up to go to her for a consultation so whenever this is all over 
I'll be in her chair. Nice. <laughs> Ready and willing and able. Yes. Do you all think it's important to have a black woman be like your, whether it's your esthetician or whoever's injecting your face? Um, is that important to you? For me, it's important. My dermatologist is a black woman, um, Dr. Elena Jones. She's amazing. She also treats Pharrell, so I'm always just like pumping her. I'm oh like, so my God. what is what Pharrell is, doing? What is it? Wait, she's know. uptown? She's uptown. She's on 86th killer. Street. Yeah. Oh, I went to a consultation with her. Oh, amazing. She's yeah. awesome. She's really, really great. And she takes my health insurance, which is great. I feel like sometimes it's hard to find a black woman who also takes your health insurance. Um but yeah, I think it's important because we deal with sort of different specific skin issues, whether it's hyperpigmentation or just like our skin is different. And I think that working with a black woman makes all the difference. I will say though, when I lived in London, I had um, white people like do my hair, which was mind blowing. And I was actually super oh, impressed. What? Oh, like, like a good okay. job? They did a good job? Like they did a really good job. Yeah, it's a salon. It's called Errol Douglas. It's like a well-known salon. Um, and all of the um, hairstylists are trained in both Afro and hair, Euro- <laughs> European hair, whether they're black or white. So all of the stylists are able to do it all. And I remember the first time, like I was getting a roller set and this like white guy and I was like, oh my God, like I just right. do not know about this. Sure? <laughs> but he did a really good job. Yeah, and I mean, oh shouldn't God. they all be trained in to do all both. hair types? They really should be. Yeah, I feel like you can't call yourself a hairstylist yeah. if you can't do all sorts of types of hair. Agreed. I really want to dye my hair this summer, and like a lot of colorists that I found that I, through friends, I guess I should ask black people, but they're not black. And I'm <laughs> Step like, one. Ooh, I don't know if I can trust this person to know like how to handle my hair so it's like one of those things that yeah everyone should just know how to do that okay uh the term influencer on red or reply mm-hmm. I know you have your cre- creator page oh yeah I mean I I call influencers mostly the creators because I see them as content creators I think um most people that have influence are creating some sort of content um so I don't know. I think the term influencer maybe potentially has negative connotations. Um, I'm not against the term, but I just tend to use um, creators personally. Yeah. yeah I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chelsea. I was just going to say, I love the term creators. It feels like less pretentious and trying to be taking selfies all day. Um, and like your work can actually have meaning, even though it lives on the Internet. Yeah, like I think that that term sometimes has negative connotations, but it has like real impact. Um, so it's a it's a, a role and a job even that requires like a lot of responsibility. Um, so yeah, there's I, I believe in it and dedication because so all of us yeah. have full time jobs and are still doing this. Would you ever drop your full time job and and? just focus on your podcast is that something that you could ever see yourself doing or do you love the balance of both I think for me I love doing both I feel like I'm really inspired by my full-time job I love everyone I work with I get like I don't know I feel like you just have to keep yourself stimulated podcasting is great but I think why podcasting is great is because you can do it on top of something else I can't think of a single podcaster who's just a podcaster even the top podcasters if you look at Joe Rogan Mark Maron like the guys that have been doing it for like a decade they're comedians they have shows like they they're doing 
like I feel like who's just a podcaster it's like I feel like kind of unheard of yeah I mean I was pretty inspired by um Mandy and she's been on your show too I believe but um, from horrible decisions from horrible decisions yeah yeah and she quit her job and I'm just like oh my goodness maybe one day I'll be able to do that (laughs) yeah but she also is like side hustle queen like she she quit but now she's also doing her own show in addition to horrible decisions and just like getting checks from every direction but yeah i agree mandy and wheezy from horrible decisions have built such an incredible community and i think their touring is so inspiring too like i always think about that next evolution when you get when your show really grows like when you start to go on tours to different cities and how much fun that must be oh my god yeah that's the dream i think podcasting is really cool if it can align with other creative projects that you're doing that you do and can just give you the freedom to do that and open up more arenas for you and that's personally what i want to do like as a writer and a storyteller, I think podcasting is one way to do that. And then I hope it can lead to like other opportunities. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's hard, like, even though I'm always like, oh, yes, I could just like do this full time. Like I'm doing some stuff for work now and I'm like so into like analyzing like home and garden sales and I don't even know why that's happening but I'm like oh I really do like this so it's one of those things where it's like when the moment arises like could I actually let go I don't know mm, that's, really- that's that's a good place to be I'd, I'd say um because we all have full-time jobs do you all tell your coworkers about your podcast mm. <laughs> for me absolutely tell everyone i I guess but some you know sometimes we get a little raunchy on here and i'm a school teacher so i try to keep it on the low i do not i only told so my previous role i didn't even tell like my internal team that i'm super close with until maybe like six months in because a lot of times i'd be doing podcast work at work (laughs) and then (laughs) the side hustler um i think yeah, my current role, no. But, like, I don't really open up too much about anything. But, yeah, I would not want my team listening to the podcast. I'm not going to lie. We get a, we take it there a little bit. So is that because, like, we're talking about, I don't know, what, why wouldn't you want to tell them about something that you work so hard, hard for? And I think just because, like, I'm super candid in this and I have a big separation, I think, from, like, my work self and, like, my podcast self my outside of work self like it's so it's a running joke like at work I'm Remy and like outside of work I'm Sade so when I'm in like that zone like I keep it like very very professional and I wouldn't want like my team tuning in where I'm like yeah fuck bitch ha 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 shit (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) not fuck bitch absolutely shit (laughs) um anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh red or reply zodiac signs oh reply i'm obsessed with star signs like i'm literally one of those people that believes in it i try to guess people's signs when i meet them i totally believe in compatibility of different like astrological signs so reply immediately wait what's your sign i am a leo and i feel like i very much embody all of the like typical leo traits the good and the bad the good and the bad yeah wait what are you guys i'm a leo too sorry oh i couldn't help it that's how you know i'm a leo (laughs) (laughs) Um, leo okay yeah go ahead chelsea i'm a capricorn and i'm a sag 
Oh, nice. You guys are all like nice, good signs. I feel like the signs that people like get like scared about are like Scorpio, like, ooh, a Scorpio, or Gemini. Scary. But Gemini, Gemini, I feel like Gemini, Gemini me. men are like for me the like woof red flag. Gemini ooh. women, I feel like, can be cool. I've been really like close friends with Gemini women, but I'm you could say dating a Gemini man, and yeah, he has his moments. Yeah, does he does he kind dating? of have like two sides of his personality that he like switches between and it like freaks you out? He just has a and this might be just his thing, but he has this like uh, holier than thou kind of like let me educate you kind of. He's very he's a mansplainer. Oh, I don't that's, that's what you're talking about, trip. like in a hotep way. In a ho- exactly. That's mm. exactly the kind of way. <laughs> wow, that's the worst. I'm really surprised you said you guys are dating. I'm just gonna keep harping on that. But I yeah, I didn't I know that's where you were. <laughs> okay, moving along. Now anyway. she's dating him. Um, <laughs> fake freckles. Reply. I'm here for this trend. I like it. I reply too. It's so cute. Have you all heard of the brand Freck? No, I don't think so. Googling yeah, I have. Now. I have heard of it. Um, I think it's really innovative, but it's also like I don't know the beauty industry. It's like let let's find more ways to make people spend money. You can so easily create fake freckles by taking like a really thin liquid eyeliner in like a dark brown and just dotting them across the bridge of your nose and cheeks. The fact that like they've invented some new product to do it, it's kind of like okay, <laughs> did we need this? I did it like twice, but like what I found was that at least the way I learned it on YouTube was I had to then put like a really bronzy kind of powder on top so that it like looked real because you kind of like want them like almost like a little smudgy like I didn't want them too perfect and I was like this is so hard so I don't know I might be the type of person to be like freck help people are saying that freck is really good and that it's better than an eyeliner but of course marketing okay maybe I shouldn't be so quick I just I feel like I give I give marketing products the side eye maybe I should just uh the marketer giving marketing projects i know (laughs) i know i I think because and my mom also used to do marketing for revlon so she's always the first person to tell me like for beauty marketing it's like they're all just selling hope in a jar you know like that's kind of the whole mo so i'm always very skeptical about products i like to like go deep into the ingredients and like what's in this and why is it this cost um but i will give freck another chance speaking of moms I know Glenn mentioned her grandma's beauty tips or not doing such extensive beauty routines but being beautiful and my mom drenching herself in coconut oil and not having a wrinkle. Has your mom taught you any beauty tips? I think growing up, my mom's always had a routine and like a regiment that I've seen her do. So um, she always had a beautiful vanity where she would collect these kind of vintage perfume bottles and all of these gorgeous different glass cases. And I can just always remember even growing up seeing her take the time to do that ritual of taking off her makeup, putting on all of her skincare, or even if she was going out for something, having all of her like makeup and lipsticks laid out. So I think I kind of learned to love the ritual of beauty more so than any specific ingredient or product she used. But I always recognized that she was treating it as this ritual and time to just kind of like be with herself. Um, So I try to bring that into my beauty practice. Yeah, I feel like watching my mom just get ready is something that's so sketched in my brain. Like she had this humongous fashion fair um, eyeshadow palette. Oh my God, yes. Fashion fair, iconic. It had like every single color and that was like her go-to and I would just go in there and play with her. She might put on a little, you know, color on her eyes and give me a little 
whatever was left off the brush. Um, yeah, yeah, so many memories. I was going to ask, did you all used to play in your mom's makeup and all of her things in general? Like, I remember I would have makeup all over my face. I'd be wearing my mom's heels and, like, clacking around the house, like, since I was a kid, like, trying to be glamorous and grown forever. It's kind of ironic because I barely wear any makeup now, but back <laughs> then, oh, my God, forget it. Yeah, for sure. I used to wear like black eyeliner or try to wear black eyeliner. And my mom would call me like Chris Angel mind freak because it would just be, <laughs> oh my God, it would be like dripping all over my face. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, the good old days. Um, what about expensive skincare products on Red or Reply? Because I know on your podcast you mentioned so many great products. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, does Brooke have all of these products? Well, it's interesting. I think I'm now in this interesting space where lots of brands are sending me products. So I actually just yesterday got this big shipment from Dr. Barbara Sturm. And it's so funny because every single like black beauty editor, fashion editor that I have on the podcast is I love Dr. Barbara Sturm and her like um, darker skin tones line. And my next follow-up question is like, did you buy it or was it gifted to you? And they're always, always gifted. So I Mm. think that a lot of times when you're seeing like what skincare influencers or editors are like loving or raving about, they don't necessarily buy it. So my question is always like, okay, if you didn't buy it, would you still want to purchase this if it wasn't being gifted to you? And sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes the answer is no. Um, I'm, I feel really grateful that brands send me stuff to try, but I still buy a lot of my own skincare. And I do think that some things are worth the extra cost, especially because I really like clean, natural beauty. So I love like a good facial oil that has really high quality, like marula oil or sea buckthorn oil or evening primrose oil or rosehip oil. And to do those that are really like high quality, it, it does take money. But I also make a lot of my own skincare products. I just order the pure ingredients and I mix together my own serums. I make my own face masks. So I feel like I have a range of like high to low. Ooh, do you have like a maybe one of your easier serum uh, like ingredients or how we could make something? Yes, I think most people like I try to do things that aren't going to irritate your skin. So grapeseed oil, jojoba oil and um, argan oil are really, really great bases for a facial oil blend. You could blend all three of those or you could add in rosehip oil. Um, I really love moringa oil as well. It's like so nourishing for your skin. It makes your skin really smooth and glowy. And then if you want to add essential oils, frankincense is really good to add. You want to do a tiny amount because essential oils are strong. So if you were making like, um, let's say two ounces of a facial serum, maybe you'd want to do like two to three drops of essential oil. Um, But frankincense is really great because it kind of firms and lifts the skin. Oh my God. I love that. I was just taking notes. (laughs) i always thought oils clog pores though is that a myth that's that's a very common misconception a lot of people especially people with oily skin get really scared about oils Mm -hmm. um but that's like i would really urge people to not be afraid of oils because a lot of times your skin is oily or is producing oils because it's dehydrated um Mm -hmm. and there is like an oil for every skin type and you just want to make sure that you're getting like um, non-comedogenic oils so oils that don't clog pores like for a lot of people, coconut oil on the face caught like for me, I can't use coconut oil on my face. It like will cause me to break out in a crazy way. Um, so I've had to kind of figure out the oils that work best for me. Interesting. And do you think it's 
worth it to like invest in the different oils and make your own because like so I use Kiehl's Midnight Recovery Oil. That's like my go-to. Mm, love that And I oil. love the squ- is squalene. Yes, squalene. Yes, yeah. yes. That's like the one that I'm like, I need this. So I'm like, yes. should I just like buy my own like, buy squalene, squalene and, oil? Like, yes, yes. And the, there's an amazing brand called Timeless. Um, and on their site, you yes. can just order pure squalene oil. Oh my God, perfect. Because I'm like literally running out right now. And I'm like, oh, I'm about to do this again. Like give them my $60 for this little Wait, tiny what bottle of oil. Do? for you or what are the proven benefits or the benefits so if squalene oil is really moisture you should you can speak to how you feel it um, benefits yeah i was gonna say i'm gonna let brooke um do that (laughs) (laughs) so it's it basically moisturizes your skin and it also helps to attract moisture to the surface of your skin so as you're out and about like just going throughout your day like your skin kind of dries out um it kind of acts as a humectant so it draws in like water from um, the outside world into your skin and kind of just protects your moisture barrier. Ooh. Wait, I just thought of an on meta reply. Um, shaving your face, but like basically doing an at home. Like dermaplaning? Dermaplaning, yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm qualified. So I am like one of these weird hairless people. Like I could shave my legs lucky. once every six weeks. Right. <laughs> no, okay. But it, see, people say it's lucky, but it's not lucky because I literally like people say they don't have eyebrows. Like I really don't have eyebrows. Microblading. I think I was probably one of the first people in America to get microblading. I think I got microblading <laughs> no in 2010. Way. Yeah, oh my I got, gosh. Whoa. I've been microblading for a minute, but like I don't have... so. Being hairless is like kind of good, but like it means I don't have like lashes. I mean, I have lashes, but my lashes are very like thin. So I'm like, love a good mascara and I don't really have eyebrows. So I've had to do microblading. So I don't, face shaving. It's like, can't even imagine having hair growing on my How face. Yeah. Oh my God. You are a lucky like... lady. <laughs> I'm literally also... becoming a bearded woman right now. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I thought that dermaplaning or even if you do it at home, like I brought, bought these like really flat, razors small razors from sephora um and that it like gets rid of dead skin and then if you put your serums on it they can like absorb even deeper apparently that makes sense yeah i like it okay i did some investigative journalism and i hope my journalism is not incorrect um were you in jack and jill brooke Oh, my God. I was. How did you find this out? I am a journalist. Oh, my God. So funny. <laughs> um, but so is Glenn. Yeah, so I, exactly. we always have this conversation, and I'm so curious about the experiences of Jack and Jill. So, Glenn, are you leaving out on red or reply today? Um, I guess. Oh. Reply. reply. Why is that so tough for you to answer? I had a really... <laughs> good experience in Jack and Joe, but I, I think that mine was really unique because, and I say this a lot, I was, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. I was a part of the Brooklyn chapter of Jack and Jill. So there was a lot of less pretension to my knowledge um, here because at the end of the day, we were all from Brooklyn. A lot of us went to public school, um, but I know that wasn't the, the case for like some of my other friends in different chapters. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm How also, is- oh, I was going to say, I'm reading this book right now that is kind of riffing on Jack and Jill and it's actually crazy the way that they're talking about it is low-key disrespectful but it might be kind of like coloring <laughs> Wait, what's the book right what's now. the book oh my god it's called um uh something school for negro girls 
Um, and I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, but that's probably old Jack and Jill when there was probably like a paper bag test or something. No, no, no. I mean, they were trying to make, clearly the author, it's called Training School for Negro Girls. I think the author either was in Jack and Jill or knew people in it and like feels a way about it because it's supposed to be taking place. It's, it's current. And like one of the scenes takes place at this dinner that um, for a foundation that wants to give everybody a perm, like oh a relaxer. God. Yeah, oh so it's like what? Yes, so I think it's it's like satirical kind of, but even like that satire is like, as I was reading it, made me think like, well, what are you really trying to say? And are any of these kinds of things you're saying in this grand way like kind of true in a smaller way? If that mm. makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, what do you think, Brooke? Yeah, I'm. I I really appreciate hearing your point of view, and I agree there is this sort of ambivalence towards it. But ultimately, I'm all for Jack and Jill because I understand that for so many of like just growing up in New York City, when you go to private school, like you're one of so few black kids. Like there, you just don't like. It's just like it's actually sad how few black kids you grow up around. So I understand this desire to have a community. Like you basically, as a black mother, I think you feel like okay, my kids may go to this school where they're in the extreme minority, but I don't want them to not have any black friends or not be exposed to black culture. Um, so let me make them kind of be involved in this organization. So I think keeping that in mind as like the ultimate impetus for getting your kids involved is really important. But I also really like, I loved going to Alvin Ailey and like loved going to like the Studio Museum of Harlem and getting to mm. do these like amazing cultural things and understanding from like a young age that being black is this unique, culturally rich experience so overall i think i think it's a positive thing wow i love that you've mentioned those sorts of cultural experiences i remember i was supposed to plan the movie night and i ended up sitting on the promenade with my whole chapter like smoking <laughs> black and milds and drinking oh my gosh ice. wait which which city were you in brooklyn <laughs> oh brooklyn okay yeah. oh my god but like even that was still a moment and i remember thinking like wow i feel so safe doing this kind of like hood rat shit mm -hmm. with, with my like Jack and Joe family. Yeah, yeah with my friends. Yeah. yeah, like that was, those are the people to do it with. I remember, oh my God, maybe Shadi and um, Chelsea will remember like the Elks or like all these like crazy parties that used to happen in Brooklyn. I didn't even go there. It, I went with my <laughs> Jack and Joe chapter and I remember we went in and my friend was like, oh my God, they they gave, they gave me a body scan when I came in. This is oh, crazy. Gosh. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I and I, I totally agree with you. You said, Brooke, like just creating that community where it's kind of hard for us to access in other ways is important. Yeah, I think Jack and Jill like gets ragged on sometimes for the people that ruin it. <laughs> like the concept makes sense, but like I feel like some of us know those people who like take it to another level. But I'm also thinking of Deus, and I don't know if you know what that is, Brooke, Yes, but you are I was, in New York. I was so you in might... Dais. I was in Dais. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was not because I went to boarding school. But I remember literally writing a letter to um, like the dean of students at my boarding school, explaining to her how important it would be for them to pay for me to go to New York and go to Dais to meet kids who are going to schools just like mine. And like it was a crazy experience. Like I loved it. It was very important for me. Um, so yeah, I definitely understand the sentiment 100%. That's I'm replying to. Brooke, where'd you go to school? 
Um, I went to Spence, which okay. is like an all-girls school. I feel yes. like famous alumni are like Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow. Yeah, she's like the <laughs> Didn't Carrie Washington girl. go there? But yes, I was just going to say that Carrie Washington yeah. is the poster girl that I prefer. Yeah, I, I always think of Gwyneth Paltrow. I should transition to Carrie. But yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, that's why I really love Deus because like, even then when I went to college, like I had so many friends who went to Trinity High School that then when I went to Trinity mm-hmm. College and like all my black friends from Trinity, I came to visit or I went to like different LACs and like the Northeast and they were like, oh yeah, like you were in Deus, like forget this stupid tour, like I'm going to take you out and show you around yeah. and I already had this like network of black students that like knew what it's like to go to private school in New York and then kind of like basically bring that ex- same experience of Trinity but like make it even better because I had a community. Yeah, it's super important, um, and I'm so glad that, you know, it existed. Um, so on our podcast, we, we've we had a few episodes where we talked about beauty. Um, the first ones that come to mind are, like, colorism and featurism and ass shots and our hair journeys. Um, and what I think we've realized is that beauty is not really, like, skin deep. It It is related to culture and religion and race and different experiences that you have and it can go really deep um how do you see your identity as a black woman affecting how you view beauty (laughs) yeah um i think that a, a really hard part about being black in the u.s or maybe just in general is like you grow up and i'm generalizing but I feel like for a lot of people there was such a like Eurocentric focus or depending on where you were some type of like mixed features being like deemed beautiful straighter hair thinner noses colored eyes and like that really I think takes a toll on people for a really long time and then you almost have to like unlearn all those things and then learn yourself and like the next thing you know you're like 27 like oh shit whereas a lot of people are just able to kind of be themselves like everyone has growing pains everyone has things that they dislike about themselves but I think that there's that like extra like comma when it comes to being a black woman like the fact that we have to google everything and say like black girl or like have all these expectations of sorry lack of expectations of different folks to know how to like do our hair or cater to our makeup like when I walk into Sephora I'm going straight for the black or brownest individual in the store just because I'm like, (laughs) I'm not going to trust a girl. And like, they could know how to do my makeup, but it's just like kind of, I guess, like a natural comfort. So I think there's a lot in terms of like undoing some work that may have been even so like subconsciously done and then like figuring out what you, who you are, what you like, as you strip that away and that's like a constant everyday journey glenn and i were actually having a kind of weird conversation about this i don't it didn't quite align but we were like well how do you define like natural beauty like what's a natural beauty like what does that even mean Mm, and like the question yeah and like the images that were coming to my mind unfortunately i wasn't thinking of like black features which is like scary but then i have to like sit with myself and try to understand like what is that about Yes, that's that constant unlearning and, and challenging of what we've internalized. Um, and I think also, so I would agree with that. And also that um, I think we talk a lot about like 
the multiplicity of being a black woman and the way that at least with our podcast we even want to show that there's this diverse range that we can come in and i think even in terms of beauty and representation and how we can like express our, our identities i think at least me personally have always felt like i had to look towards like a certain kind of like box or depiction of like what it looks like to be like an, a, a beautiful black woman or like like I, like for the longest i wanted to look like new new or like lauren london in um uh atl like i thought that that was like the flyest way that a black woman could look and be beautiful and like have her hair straight have her baby hairs laid like that was like an archetype um so i think there's also this kind of understanding of like what does beauty mean to me like personally and i think that's something that probably we all feel like it's it's so much of it is dictated to us like how we should be presenting ourselves to the world um so yeah yeah, I think that like media and representation gets ingrained in you at such a young age. I love the Normani music video motivation, how it started when she showed this little girl dancing in front of um, BET 106 in Park as a music video. Because I was like, mm -hmm. I was that was me. That was probably all of us, right? Completely. Absolutely. That yeah. is my workout video. Like when I'm on yes. the Stairmaster, I put on motivation and I just loop it. Yes, <laughs> I like, and I love that video. And she's just such Same. a gorgeous, gorgeous, oh. you know, dark brown skinned woman and you just like her beauty is just undeniable so I yes. think we have a lot more representation now and I was even thinking about like I I don't know how you guys feel I am obsessed with the don't rush challenge like I must I watch love it. <laughs> I oh, must watch God. like five of them a day like I'm Same. just like obsessed like I will watch I've, I've watched natural hair ones I've, I just watched this one of girls from the Bahamas I've just I've, I've oh, literally yeah. watched I watched this amazing one it was they called it, it was like studs, like lesbian women that kind of dress more masculine. That was like amazing. Would and they were all so gorgeous and good looking. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, but I think that, <laughs> I think there are two reasons why I love it. I think I love it because it shows just how beautiful black women are. But I think I also love it because growing up, I used to love like, you know, in like those daytime talk shows when they would do like the makeover episodes and they'd be like, and after it. the break, coming it. back, <laughs> yes. so I feel like it's like a, it's like a super speed version of like a before and after. So that's just like yes. very, you know, um, appealing. But yeah, I think that for so long, because we were starved of images of women who looked like us that now that we are like young adults getting older, like we, when we do see that representation, it's like, so I just feel like proud and happy that like teen girls growing up today have so much more than we did. Yeah, I agree. I like love all the representation. Um, I do kind of feel like being a black woman puts like an extra layer on things sometimes like, okay, I'm a black woman, but am I light or am I dark or, you know, do I have a big nose or a point or a straight nose um I think it like puts so many extra layers on things so it's like extra work that I anticipate having to do one day if I have a daughter or um what I do with my nieces of just like every day all day not only are you smart and you're strong but you're beautiful you're gorgeous you're beautiful you're gorgeous because it's like an extra layer of things oh my god that makes me think of that video of that hairstylist doing that little girl's hair. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so ugly. God, Lord, that broke me. Um, it was just crazy. Have you seen that video, Brooke? Yes. Oh my God. I wanted to cry when I saw that. But it was Same. also so beautiful how that stylist lifted her up. Oh, that was so beautiful the way she did that. It also kind of points to this kind of relationship that we have with 
the people that tend to our beauty needs like even mm, now like my hair done right like um i went to a, like a natural hair care stylist a few months ago and like the way she i have been really frustrated with my hair and the way she talked about my hair and said that it was strong and like that i should stop talking shit about my hair um made me feel so amazing and i've had relationships like that with people that have done my hair or like you know cared for me for my, my whole life so i thought that that was like a really beautiful yes. example about of that you know yes yeah, my hair stylist is always like well, if you're going to talk badly about your hair, how do you think it's going to treat you? Because exactly. I'm always like, oh, it's so dry. <laughs> it's so this. Too. It's so that. And she's like, don't talk about it like that. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about Vedra? Yes. She literally wants me to cut all my hair off because she's like, it's too much. Complains every time she does oh. it. <laughs> she That's just her MO. She does it to my sister. She's like, I will not do your sister's hair. It's too thick. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I go there and she's always like, do you want a bob? Do you want bangs? And I'm like, no, I would have said I wanted that. (laughs) That's what I wanted. Um, Anyways, what's the first beauty thing you all are doing when New York City opens back up? You have to pick one. Oh, I can tell you this immediately. I'm lasering my entire body, head to toe, the whole thing, everything done. Oh, God. Uh, I think I'm just going to get like a pedicure. Yeah, that was going to be mine, too. Like, I feel like I just want, want to just get a pedicure, a manicure, like nothing yes. even that crazy. It's just basic, like hand and feet maintenance. Absolutely. I want to get like a crazy facial, like maybe like one of the blood facials or like mm, one of the needle ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, something wild. I just want the next time people to see my skin for it to just be like perfect. But I feel like all of us in quarantine, like our skin's probably on a thousand. Like oh my the gosh, amount of yes. sleep we're getting, like mm-hmm. the amount, like how much, we're not wearing makeup. We're not, I mean, maybe you do a light beat for like your Zoom conference calls. But like, I think people's skin is really thriving under these conditions. Agreed. That yeah. is true. And I'm like, time to do some DIY stuff too and just give yourself a bunch of facials. I'm about to do that. That's sure. what I was going to say. I'm like, I've just been like, pumping up the self-care like yesterday I took like a bath with like lavender oils and did a mask and gua sha and did the whole nine but I love like beauty stuff so like laser was just like one of the many things I'm like looking forward to doing I'm just like take all my money I mean honestly I'm gonna try to get some filler right whole time (laughs) yeah Brooke they were looking at a filler sale which is what you just said not to do. <laughs> no, it's from our girl. But I, I literally signed up for alerts. I get text alerts. I get No, IG but you alerts. know Joanna's not there anymore. I can't handle this. Yeah. Okay, but <laughs> Joanna's at Just a to go place. back to filler, my big concern, because I feel like people, so we all know the people that go too far. Like when you get to, not to call Kylie Jenner out, but like I was watching the most recent episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians and I was like, wow, your face looks very puffy. How do you, because I feel like the people who go too far obviously don't intend to go too far. Like they, they don't intentionally say like, oh, I want to look unnatural. But how do you basically self-regulate when your eye begins to adjust to having, <laughs> do you see what yeah. I'm saying? No, that's I a really good point. No, literally like now if I don't have on lashes, I'm like, I look like an egg. No, see, not okay. an egg. I feel like lash. I feel like lash extensions are like really addictive. That's why I don't do them. I feel like so, you get used to seeing your eyes that way. So addictive, and they ruin your real eyelashes. 
so people say, but like when my lashes come off, and for one, my lashes take like a month and a half to fully come off. I still have lashes, so maybe I'm just lucky. I don't know. But are they like thick how they were, or did you ever like you know what I mean? Yeah, they feel the same. I mean, like I think I just have really like even when they do my lashes, they're like, oh my gosh, I have like so many lashes, and like they're so long already. Like, my lash girl is like, this is so hard. Like, it takes her almost two hours to do mine. But then, like, I guess my lids aren't super oily, so I'm able to retain them for a really long time. So I don't know if that helps. But anyway, um, that's a really good point. Like, you start to get really addicted. But I think it's, like, I really think it's, like, being, like, loving yourself (laughs) enough. I know that sounds, like, very extreme. But, like, as much as I'm, like, oh, I want more lip filler, it's not, like, I have to have more lip filler. Like, I feel like when Kylie got rid of her lips... Everyone was like, and she's like in the limelight. And then she probably felt the pressure to like get more. Exactly. Like, I don't look at my face and be like, oh my God, something's missing now that I don't have it. Like, I would love if I had my filler back, but like, I'm still, I could still put on some contour and feel cute or like not put it on at all and still feel fine, feel cute. Um, But also, I think like, it's hella expensive, at least for me. Right. Like yeah, it's expensive. It I think, I think you I need to go to the right would. doctor, because I feel like a professional should say stop. Yeah. Um, and I actually did a consultation, uh, for Botox and filler, in Tribeca the other day. Well, before everything got shut down, and I'm like asking her if I need Botox, and she's like, you know, make a frowny face. The lines aren't staying. You don't need it yet. But then, like, out of nowhere, she's like, I mean, you could do a little filler in your chin. And I was like, I didn't like, ask no for that. No <laughs> yeah, like, that. that's not your job to say that, I don't think. Um, but then she's, and I'm like, my chin? My, my chin's fine. And she's like, well, like, you don't need filler or Botox anywhere else. But, like, you know, there's, like, this scientific angle thing about beauty. And if your chin came out a little more, oh, I was like, oh, my no. God. <laughs> no. See, that makes me so uncomfortable because it's like you have beautiful women walking around thinking like, oh, what can I tweet? You know, it's just like this constant like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like in the quest for like forever self-improvement, there's always something you could do. There's, it's like there's never it's never good enough. Yeah. And the wrong doctor will have you keep doing more and more and more and more right. until you look like a cat woman. <laughs> right. right. Basically. Have you guys um, seen pictures of the Claremont twins? Like, yes, I've seen them in person. Yeah. It well, was, yeah, yeah, in person. Oh, my God. Yeah. When you see them in person, that is quite an experience. But also just like what they used to look like. It's just so interesting. Oh my yes, God. I, I was mean, a Bad Girls Club, Club fan. Yes. And it makes me sad because like even if you think of like little Kim, I look at old pictures of her and she she's beautiful. beautiful and I'm yeah. so confused. But like, well, obviously, you don't story. know someone. Did you hear this story? What story? A friend of ours. I don't know. I think I swear Yeah, yeah. I think that's when it went extreme, but she still was doing stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. But I think that was like a big part of it. I don't know. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, though. I feel like, yeah, I think I have an addictive personality, so I could get kind of crazy. So I would definitely need someone to be like, stop. You're done. Right. But yeah i don't know like maybe yeah it's the you doctor I mean? it's your friend circle because like she's surrounded by sisters that all have worked on too and it's also right. that like instant gratification of being able to do something and like alter your body like i remember when i first started getting tattoos like i don't even know how many i have at this point but i got all of those within like a year time and then i was over it 
but it was just like I couldn't wait to collect a new one and like see how I changed my body or added something to it. So I feel like that's a part of it too. Like, changing oh my god, that's wild. Body. Those are I permanent. Girl, I know I was eighteen, <laughs> <laughs> reckless. <laughs> um, I want to ask this question that Brooke always asks on her podcast. Um, what is your biggest beauty mistake? Starting with Chade. What do you mean? Like like a like a bad thing you did in the past or like something you do now? How does this work? However you want to take it. What is your biggest beauty mistake that you've made? Um I think in the past like I would wear my eyeshadow like really really high, like really high. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And oh my it was God. like we got to find some pictures of these. Kind of crazy. And post Wait, them. how high like underneath your brow bone? Yes. Oh my god! So like not on the lower lid. Yeah, and I would wear like crazy colors, like icy blues and like very vibrant. But these were like my raver days, so I felt like it was like a yeah. part of the aesthetic. That's kind of <laughs> cute in like Euphoria makeup, though. I'm here for that. I like that. Oh, oh thank yeah, I'm you. obsessed with Euphoria makeup. Yeah. I literally bought a neon palette and glitter that I'll never use just because I watched that show. Yeah, I love it. Sis. I know um, to go to my living room. <laughs> yeah, why not? I would say I'm still literally mourning my eyebrows every day. I'm like, where did they go? I grew <laughs> up with amazing eyebrows, and this is a whole thing. I also had like a mustache as a child, and I just used to beg my mom to take me to wax my upper lip. Which I love how they say upper lip and not mustache to, to make me feel better at the fact that I don't look that I have a mustache. Um, but yeah, I got my eyebrows waxed when I was probably like in the fourth grade or something. What? I was like super young. I was mad young. My eyebrows used to, I mean, I had, a, I had the whole Frida unibrow moment. And my dad used to always be like, that's amazing. You got to keep that one eyebrow. Um, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> yes. Then, oh my God. He had the vision. He had the vision. He knew. They always know. But yeah, you know, and I, I just, it was like maintenance. Like just, they kind of cleaned them up, but then, you know, people get happy when they see big brows, they just start getting crazy and they've just never been the same. And I just want them to go back. And I would, I promise dear God, I will never touch them again. I swear. <laughs> God, she's asking for her brows ba- please. back. Please. <laughs> Um, do you have one, Brooke? Yes, this is like, it's like one of my most shameful mistakes because I like tell people not to do it. It's only because the reason I ask this question to all my guests is because I feel like we can learn from each other's mistakes. I was in, you know, when you're on like a long um, international flight and you have sometimes like a layover and you, those duty frees have like all of the amazing skincare like they have, the mm-hmm. Chanel skincare and like all of the things that you want to try. Um, in like my jet lagged stupor, like, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I started testing skincare and they must not have all been like pumps. Like, I think I was just like, <gasps> no. I don't just try. And, yes. And like, literally like as, as diligent as I am about like hygiene and germs, I tried, I don't know, 18 products and Lord. literally had the worst breakout. Like, I think I had to get actually, um, like an antibiotic topical treatment Shit. cause I had like. I mean, those are like the filthiest things ever, but I always tell people this because I like when I go into my local Sephora, like I see people like testing shadows and lip glosses and I'm like, this is just not 
worth it. Sephora has a generous return policy. <laughs> like, they, like you just don't <laughs> test. Did you see lip gloss? <laughs> oh, I see. Well, they well, have like they the have wands. The little, yeah, they have uh, wands. But even that, yeah, I don't. People double dip. People yeah. double dip. People double dip. And I, I see people testing, like, I see people giving themselves a full beat in Sephora. Oh, like, yes. I do that. The t- <laughs> okay, don't do it. Because <laughs> I went crazy one day and tested skincare and had the worst breakout of my life. So you may get away with it a few times, but, like, it's just not worth it. Right. Not worth the risk. Um, mine is definitely bleaching my hair blonde. Um mm. hard to recover from i know and it was crazy i didn't like go bald from it but like there was a point in time where my hair was just the same length and like nothing was happening and like i don't know it just it's it's not good for your hair yeah as i go blonde this summer Ah. but you have a shortcut well no i want so if you want your hair to grow don't go blonde i was looking at if i want honey blonde versus strawberry blonde i think i want like a honey strawberry combo so i have to find the right person to do it i mean i've it's i think it's really also like maintenance moisturizing like when i was dyeing my hair blonde when i was younger i also was like doing my own hair or going to the dominican salon if you're going to like a stylist who is giving you like deep conditioners and trims like you can grow your hair and have color like I, i mean i've seen it I mean, I used to pour sun in on my hair. That's another like bad beauty thing I did. And then I used to sit underneath <laughs> I, the dryer. I did not know black people used sun in. Girl, right? I was going to, I was like at in Jersey on the Jersey Shore. My parents have a bed <laughs> and breakfast there. So it was very much like I was into this like summer vibe that like the surfers <laughs> were doing. But like, it was not me. <laughs> I would do the lemon juice in my <laughs> hair. I, yeah, then I started putting lemon yeah. juice on top. Like I just what? got crazy. Got, you guys are blowing my mind. I, I did not know black girls participated in these things. In these yeah. I don't know if black girls do. Just these black girls. <laughs> I mean, my friends do it. We would. Do, I mean, because our parents wouldn't let us dye our hair. So then I would just be like, it was the sun. But yeah, like, I just put this natural thing in my hair and it just got lighter. I didn't dye it. Yeah, and you know? contrary to what my friends keep saying, I keep telling them that my hair is like a dusty brown. When I would like add the lemon juice, it would be so fun because I'd be like, ooh, I've got little like different shades in here. But I just imagine lemon juice like drying the shit out of black hair. <laughs> exactly. That's what no, I'm thinking. Oh, who knows? Brittle. Yeah, that cannot be good. That's mad like acid and oh my yikes. god I used to wild out then I threw all I really sorts of know. rinses on top my hair turned kind of green at one oh point. my gosh yes I would always do rinses at the Dominican hair always, salon every time a cognac ooh I used to love ah, oh or you god. would get like um like a protein treatment but it'd be like red yup mm-hmm. stop oh blue my god black. So blue good. black wow you're speaking to me <laughs> what beauty products do you love right now Actually, you can only pick one. You're on a deserted island. Mm-hmm. You can only pick one. Oh, this is such a hard question. Like, one beauty product? I Okay, there is a um, facial serum that I love called Face Hero by this Australian brand called GoTo Skincare. And it has all of these really nice nut oils in it, like macadamia nut oil. It has beauty um, oil in it. It's just like one of the best facial oils I've tried and it's not very expensive. A lot of facial oils are super expensive, but I like this one because it's like a friendly price point and it's really good. 
Mm, gotta check that out. I, I mean, you said right now. Right now, I'm using this Tarte um, Knockout, like oh, the tingling um, treatment. Tingling treatment. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling that because I'm trying to do some resurfacing and just like, like clearing up some like hyperpigmentation. And I've been using it for like two weeks now, and I've been seeing a difference. I'm, I'm into it. Um, a lash tech. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, like if I have on lashes, like I don't, I literally don't need anything else. Like, because I can do my own eyebrows and if my eyebrows grow out, whatever. Because who cares? I'd probably say good old um, CeraVe, the moisture one. Oh my God, I love yes. CeraVe. Love. CeraVe is honestly so slept on and such mm-hmm. a good product. Banging. And I actually just like, started using it too. Like I took, cause I bought like travel sizes to go on vacation. And I was like, this is fire. Like I'm into it. Do you, do you use the moisturizing one? Yeah, I use the moisturizer and the cleanser. So good. Okay, and then I also want to ask, when do you feel most beautiful? That is really nice. Um, I think like a nice sun kiss. Like even after like a day and a half of tanning in Mexico, long story, went to Mexico, had to come back, closing borders, blah blah blah. I was like, Yes, this is it. And I didn't I didn't need anything else. I just wanted to have that. That glow. Yeah, I love that. Um, wow, I went to a totally emo place instantly when you said that say it <laughs> but i was gonna oh because like, you're stuck in the house no well i was gonna say like when my students look at me like oh glenn. my god miss glenn that's so sweet they look at me like i don't know like there's uh, like i'm like glowing or something and i feel like so beautiful and special when i see the way they look at me oh that's so cute are you missing them glenn i am i wish i could hug them all same time but um i I miss them a lot um i think mine is honestly it was in brazil right before my skin started peeling off it was so pretty and like gold and then it just started hurting really bad (laughs) so if i can figure out how to get to that point and make it stop I'd be really happy with myself. Girl, I feel you because the next day I was like, my face hurts. And Glenn's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I think I burned my face. And I did. Right. And then in 10 years, we're going to look like leather. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting to hear you guys answer this question because I've been asking it since my very first episode of my podcast. And I've now had over 120 episodes. Oh my gosh. I've heard so many women answer this in so many different ways. And every time I'm like blown away by how people take this question. Um, and I, of course, think about what the answer means for me, but it always changes. So I'd say for right now, 
um, I just took my hair out of my crochet braids and I've just been wearing like my natural hair. So it's like in a twist out fro right now. And I feel really beautiful when I like just like see my hair from like a different angle. And I'm like, oh, wow, like you have all of these like beautiful natural curls and kinks. And a lot of times I say I get frustrated with my hair and I do protective styles because I'm like, I just can't deal with it. Like I need braids. I need something like nobody's got the time for these long wash and go and detangling sessions. But lately I've been feeling really beautiful, just like wearing my hair out and just like catching glimpses of it in the mirror and being like, oh, wow, like these curls are hitting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Lindsay Peoples has been rocking her curls and I've been like, I adore. I adore how they look and like the length. They look so good. I'm like, damn, I need to stop. And then the next thing I knew, I was flat ironing my hair. You're going flat and blonde. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but I think for me with hair, I can never stick to one thing. And I think that's really hard as a natural girl, unless you are open to wigs. Because if not, like you have to be so delicate with your curls. So I don't know if it's in the cards for me. Yeah. Do you, also, are you guys wig people? I can't. I can't figure out wigs. I'm so intimidated by them. I feel like it, it, like you have to know what you're doing, otherwise it's like a hot mess. Oh, well, yeah. I got a wig professionally done, paid money for this wig, um, and it was right before a trip to LA, and I was going to a charity event with my boyfriend. And day one, the wig was fly. Like I tricked, I'm pretty sure I tricked Glenn and Sade into thinking that I got (laughs) my own hair cut. It was like a bob, very sleek, very chic. Yes, so cute. Day two, I had to put the wig on myself. Oh my goodness, it looks crazy. (laughs) Like (laughs) the edges of the wig were like flipping up. Then I was like, okay, let me try to curl it to make it look more natural. By the time we got to LA, my boyfriend literally did his own research, found me a hair salon, booked Aww. me an appointment, and took the wig off. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no, I don't think this is, is for you. Like, I really like your regular hair better. Oh my god. I gosh. found this salon. <laughs> ah, I like a wig with a hat. I will always throw on oh, a wig with true. a hat. Oh, a wig with a hat is cute, and that's a good yeah. starter look. I love a wig with a hat. You can just throw on a cute little, like, sometimes when I'm I'm really lazy, I love, like, a um, cute beanie or, like, a nice little, like, uh, what are those? Like, those big hats that people wear that look kind of western Oh, like a big, not like with a fedora. Fedora. But even fedora-esque, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a cute look. I actually am about to invest in some clip-ins. Have you all ever tried those? Pieces. Yes, I've done. I've yes. tried like natural hair clip-ins that I feel like are great. But now my hair is highlighted, and so I feel like all of the clip-ins are usually like oh. dark. So I'm mm-hmm. like, is it gonna work? So hard. Yeah, you'd have um, to get it like professionally dyed, probably. I tried the ponytail extension. <laughs> that I don't never want to see that ponytail ever again. <laughs> You know what? I think because my hair needs to be longer. Like, it's very hard to do when your hair is shorter, but whatever. All I'm seeing are those tracks unraveling around your ponytail. (laughs) I had Glenn, like, doing it for me. We were in L.A. for a live show, and, like, literally we're about to go on to the live show. We were in the bathroom, and the fucking thing is just, like, falling out of my head. I'm like, Lord Jesus. (laughs) And she's um, turning. When she did turn her head, she turned her whole body because if she turned her neck, the ponytail would just it was like hanging on for dear life but the thing is for me like i love taking risks with my hair because i feel like it's just hair and it 
comes back, you can do whatever, and worst case scenario, I'll just buzz it all off and not have hair. I don't really care. Yeah, I think that's the fun part of being a black girl specifically. There's so many fun things that we can do with our hair. Um, I feel like usually the narrative is to like be frustrated with it, um, which is understandable. It can be frustrating, but like at the same time, if it weren't so like thick, it might not hold a curl or it might not, you know, be able to be like get that like thick bob. I don't know. I think our hair is like really fun. I have a question. What would y'all say? Because I'm like a super low maintenance kind of person. What do you say to people that that think that devoting like a lot of time and money and energy to a beauty regimen is superficial? Oh, well, that leads me to our black. Our uh, what would you do, Glenn? Hmm. Perfect segue. So we get we get a listener letter, and this is kind of on topic. So let's just wrap it in one. We have a what would you do listener letter. So I'm gonna read it. Dear Black Girls Texting, thanks for being so real and open. Your podcast makes me feel like I'm with a bunch of friends. So that was nice. She said, don't use her name, so I won't. Um, I'm not in the most comfortable financial situation right now and have some debt, um, but I'm dating seriously at this point in my life and I just want to look good. I spend a lot of money on my beauty routines from my eyelashes to my acrylics to my weaves. Um, I take pride in how I look. I think it's important. How do you balance looking your best, which can be expensive, and making sure your finances are in order? Such a good question. Um, I'm actually a really big fan of having a beauty budget, um, like a monthly beauty budget of what you're going to spend on your hair. what you're going to spend on getting your nails done, what Mm -hmm. you're going to spend on buying fragrance, what you're going to spend on makeup. And what's good about having it in a budget is you can basically track it month over month. So if you know, like let's say you're going on like a girl's weekend and you want to have your hair done and you know it's going to be expensive to get your hair done, then maybe that month is not the month that you can also afford to buy this new fragrance that you want. Or it's like you basically have to kind of give and take. But I think that all of the financial anxiety comes from when you're not tracking it, right? Because you can't Mm. um, manage what you don't measure. So as long as you, if you know, you take your salary, you take all the vital things, and then you see what you have extra, as long as you know you're staying within a certain parameter, I think that can help to ease a lot of anxiety. I literally could not agree more. So like my budget within it, I have all my beauty and, but it's like planned out by month. So each tab is its own month. And like, the month I know I'm going on vacation, like instead of doing like moderate nail art, I know I'm going to get mega nail art. So I have to like add $50, but then I know, okay, well then I'm not going to go have cocktails and spend $50 on like three drinks. Cause I want the mega nails and I want lashes or whatever. So completely agree. Um, the one thing that she said that I was a little like ah, about was, um, that she wants to feel beautiful cause she's dating. And I think that that struck a chord just because it's like you don't need any of the extra stuff I think to feel beautiful as in your dating like I don't want her to feel like she's got to have like a brand new lace front and like crazy beauty products to feel beautiful when she's going on these dates um unless that's what she wants to do for herself so I say if it's for you then go for it and it's just like the cherry on top of the sundae but if it's like I'm doing all this extra stuff for some man who might suck anyways then like no don't do that 
But if it lets you be your most confident self and feel like in control and bossed up when you go on these dates, like I can understand why you'd want to have those things that you're used to having when you feel like your best self. Um, yeah, I think y'all make a really great point on the budget. Um, this might be totally off base, but I heard people are wearing press-on nails now again. I heard that's a thing. I again. have been seeing those, like nail it's artists being like, would you buy this set? Exactly. So may, that might be something to look into. I don't know. Yeah, I think like just also reevaluate because I don't even know what your budget might look like. Like maybe your budget literally calls for you cutting some things out. So, you know, you might have to cut some things out. Um, and that's just life, I guess. Maybe that's harsh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I won't, I won't go out to have my beauty stuff done. So, <laughs> like, and I'm so serious. Like, people will be like, "Do you want to have drinks? Do you want to?" No. But like, like, if you're dating, you need to go outside. So maybe you don't have to get crazy nail art or lash extensions, and you just buy like a really good mascara. Mm. Or you learn how to put the lashes on. I'm like, then I won't date. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> it's just not happening. Like, but that's because that's, like, my, what I prioritize and, like, what I love. Like, that's my, like, happy place. So. Okay. You say it's your happy place because I'm like, do you ever feel like you don't feel like yourself if you don't have, like, your long nails on? Because I don't know. If, is that a thing to have, like, a dependency on? I I don't know I guess it it could be deemed problematic if we like really dug deep with like a therapist but I just like I love it and it's like something that I enjoy and like I don't know that's something that I always prioritize in my in, in the way I do my budget I mean like if you're if you have like a disposable income of x amount of dollars like it's probably going to something in the more disposable more frivolous place so you can probably cut something out of there i don't know what that would look like i'll call and be like take bravo off of um, the cable please (laughs) i don't need my spotify subscription anymore i'm getting my eyebrows waxed right Um, right there yeah yeah you just gotta give and take what's the most important thing to you so um definitely start with a budget i think that's absolutely step one Um, But thank you for writing in. And if anyone else has any listener letters, please email them to us at hello at blackgirlstexting.com. Our last segment is Black Girls Doing Shit. And so every episode we nominate or give a shout out to a black girl that's doing something special. And this episode, our black girl doing shit is Mrs. Brooke DeVard. Oh, wow. Thank you. So honored. Yeah, we love your episode. Um, You give so many great tips. Um, And just like how you talk about beauty, it's it's like deeper than just how you look. Um, It's also like taking care of yourself. And um, I just really love the podcast and I feel like it's super positive. So thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you guys so much. And again, like shout out to all of you. I think it is so amazing that you have been able to like do this podcast and consistently come out with new episodes and you guys like I don't have any co-hosts it's just me um I know it's a whole different ball game when you're like coordinating with other people and mm-hmm. life happens and things come up but the fact that you guys show up for your listeners over and over and over again 
I just really commend you guys and the content is just so strong so relatable so um yeah you guys are doing amazing things thank you so much thank you that's so beautiful yes and also i'm not gonna lie i kind of was just stalking your instagram because i was like wait highlights what your cheekbones are divine oh thank you so much so i had i'd be remiss if i didn't highlight that You could highlight it some more with some highlighter. Just kidding. Double on down. But Brooke, where can our listeners find you and follow you and keep up? Yeah, so the podcast, Naked Beauty, new episodes every Monday. And that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, the community for the podcast is Naked Beauty Planet on Instagram. So that's where we talk about all things beauty. And I share all my hair and skincare and makeup adventures. And then my personal account, which like I think it's way less, like it's kind of boring. But <laughs> if you care about my personal life and my family and what I do with my husband, that's at Brooke DeVard. Yes, make sure y'all go check her out. I'm also currently stalking your page and seeing. Um, I love all of your like travel content. Oh, oh, well, my personal one, yeah. yeah. Your personal. Shade and I were supposed to be in Japan oh, at this time, and we were going to go love to Japan. Oh my gosh, Naoshima! I'm like so passionate about that small little island filled uh, with art. You are going to have the best time. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah, we'll get there soon, but ugh, yeah. Well, everybody stay well and like beauty wise internally externally mentally yes because these are some times absolutely thank well, you thanks. so much thank you so much thanks bye. guys have such a great time bye bye